0: Hello and welcome to episode number three hundred and eight of the Daily Knowledge podcast from TodayIFoundOut.com. And in the episode today, you're going to find out how January the first became the new year. And in the bonus fact section today, you're going to learn about why we don't have a leap year every four years. So let's just get started with today's show. Since long before Julius Caesar's time, date keeping was dicey. In fact, the 355-day Roman calendar that immediately preceded Caesar's Julian worked on a 4-year cycle where every other year an additional month was inserted between February (Februarius) and the last month of the calendar year, and March (Martius), the first month of the year. This was done in order to catch the calendar up with the Earth's orbit of the Sun. That additional month, called the Mensis intercalaris, brought in the missing 22 or 23 days, and to even things up, took another five days from February in the years that it was present. Since the calendar had been designed to ensure the proper observance of religious dates, priests called Pontifices were responsible for declaring when the intercalaris month should begin and end. Since these priests were also involved with politics, they sometimes misused their powers by intercalculating days or not intercalculating them, merely in order to lengthen or shorten some magistrate's year of office, or to increase the gains of some government contractor, or to inflict loss upon him. By the time Caesar came around, the Roman calendar was in shambles, and in 46 BC Julius Caesar commanded that it be changed. The Julian calendar's beginnings were as crazy as the old Roman calendar was at its worst. In order to wipe out the consequences of past neglect, it was necessary that the year 46 BC, called by Macrobius, the Annus Confucianus, should be extended to 445 days. The normal number of 355 days had already been increased by the addition of the ordinary 23 days inserted after February the 23rd. As many as 67 days, divided into two menses and colares, were now interposed between November and December. This year thus consisted of 15 months. After this year of confusion, the new calendar really started. Intercalculation was abolished and each year was increased to 365 days, with a leap year added every fourth year quattro anno) to February. The months of the calendar after Caesar's shake-up followed the old Roman calendar closely and most are familiar to us even today. Inannuaris, Februarius, Mauritius, Aprilis, Mayus, Inuus, Guintus, Sextilius, September, October, November and December. Along with these changes, Caesar set the new year to January 1st. Why? Since 153 BC, January 1st was the day new consuls in Rome took office, and Romans had commonly used the name of the two consuls to identify a specific year in question. Thus, by officially making January 1st the start of the new year, it simply lined up with the consular year. As to why the consular year started on the 1st of January instead of the original Roman calendar New Year's Day of March the 1st, this isn't known. That said, there are references that seem to imply that January the 1st may have begun marking the new year as early as 189 BC, which precedes when the consular year started beginning on that day. One proposed reason for this switch is that January is thought by most to have been named after the god of transitions and beginnings, Janus, during the reign of the second king of Rome, Numa Pompilius, who lived from 753 to 673 BC. Thus, it was natural enough for the Romans to eventually decide to make the switch. However, whether this is the reason or not is very much up for debate. Although the Julian calendar was relatively accurate, its use of 365.25 days in a calendar year as opposed to the precise 365.2425 days over centuries created a discrepancy in the calendar. In fact, by the time Pope Gregory XIII became the Bishop of Rome, the Julian calendar had lost 10 days. It was this discrepancy that brought about the reformed calendar, actually beginning 20 years before the calendar took effect with the Council of Trent in 1563. Church leaders wanted to restore the spring equinox to the date it was when the first Council of Nicaea was convened in 325. By 1563, the equinox was falling on March the 11th rather than March the 21st. As simple as making a papal decree, Gregory issued the Inter gravissimus on February the 24th, 1582, and nearly eight months later, the last day of the Julian calendar, October the 4th, 1582, was followed by the first day of the Gregorian calendar, October the 15th, 1582. Voilà. Today, the Gregorian calendar is the unofficial calendar of the United States and the United Nations, as well as most countries in the world. As for celebrating New Year's Day, since before even Caesar's time, people celebrated the New Year. In ancient Babylon, this began after the spring equinox in March, and part of the celebration included subjecting the king to ritual humiliation. In fact, if royal tears were shed, it was seen as a sign that Marduk, a god, was satisfied and had symbolically extended the king's rule. After Caesar was murdered by a small group of his friends, the Roman Senate made Caesar a god on January 1st, 42 BC, a date which coincided with the time-honored practice of making offerings to Janus in hope of having good fortune throughout the year. Throughout the Middle Ages in Europe, January first's New Year celebrations were discouraged as they were seen by church leaders as a pagan practice. Instead, other days were often used as a substitute, varying from nation to nation. This changed when the Gregorian calendar was instituted, at least in the Catholic nations, January the first, once again, became the official New Year, and it slowly spread from there with the Gregorian calendar. And now for today's bonus facts. As mentioned, many Protestant nations ignored the Gregorian calendar for some time. England stuck to the Julian calendar until 1751 before finally making the switch. Orthodox countries took even longer to accept the changing calendars. Russia, for one, did not convert to the Gregorian calendar until after the Russian Revolution in 1917. The funny thing was, in 1908, the Russian Olympic team arrived 12 days late to the London Olympics because of it. Bonus fact 2. Under the Gregorian calendar, we do not have a leap year every 4 years, since to properly align the calendar with the Earth's orbit, an additional day is required in only 97 out of 400 years. So, leap years are calculated as follows. Each year that is exactly divisible by 4 is a leap year, except for years that are exactly divisible by 100. But these centurial years are leap years if they are exactly divisible by 400. For example, the years 1700, 1800, and 1900 are not leap years, but the year 2000 is. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.